You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This A's Cast download is brought to you by Link Soul. Go to LinkSoul.com and by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Go to NestBedding.com. It's time to go inside the front office of the Athletics with the general manager of the A's, David Forst. Here now is the David Forst Show with Chris Townsend. General manager of your Oakland Athletics, David Forst, leading us off here in the treehouse. How are you on a Friday, the last the last homestand of the year? Yeah, it's hard to believe we're already here in September. It's been a long year, but uh, yeah, we've... Uh, you know, nice three and three road trip, and uh, hopefully some more W's ahead in the last 16 games of the season. So here we go. You know, so many different people, you know, who are working around the team. This is it. But for the front office, it never stops, right? <laughs> so it's like everybody goes, oh, this is it. Goodbye, everybody. And you're like, well, you're right back on it. So it's never like you really ever stop. No, it's not. The hours change, but the uh, but the work doesn't. So, yeah, we're already, you know, we're already sort of close to off-season mode, thinking about things that need to get done in October with personnel throughout the system and things like that. But, um, but yeah, it just, it just changes. It doesn't stop. I don't know if you know this, but Cody and I have been putting a list together, uh, and we, we're going to call you the day after the final game that Monday. We're already forming our spring training list and what we <laughs> expect and the competition we like to see. So we just want to run it by uh, you that Monday saying we're kind of ready to go. I was hoping you were going to call me that day and see where you, I wanted to play golf for the next <laughs> week. That's that's what I was hoping for that Monday. But, yeah, I mean, hey, if, if there's something to get excited about next spring, let's start on October 2nd. I want to start today with your coaches. Yeah. Because if you just – and you're going to hear this later, Mark Kotze, we brought up the defense, and he goes, man, we've turned more double plays, and I keep score every game. So it's something you notice when you're writing 5-4-3, sure. 6 You start to realize, wow, a lot more double plays, a lot more balls on the ground. Uh, pitching staff, just looking at purely ERA, your, pitch, your starting pitchers, your overall staff, everything has gotten better. And we always applaud, and we should, the players are the ones who play. But one of the reasons why they're getting better, it's your coaching staff. We really need to say these guys have worked their tails off this year, countless hours, countless time. They're wearing all the losses, too. But, boy, they have never wavered. Talk about your coaching staff, what they've done, and how they've helped the guys that are here get better. Yeah, there's no doubt, and and I think it's interesting that you you mentioned you know you've got Bob on the show. Bob is here because a lot of these guys came up through the system while Bob was managing. Mark inherited a really good staff, plus added some guys to it. But I I think the defining characteristic of of this coaching staff and and a lot of the staffs we've had in Oakland is the work ethic and the the time that these guys put in behind the scenes. And and you talk about Scott Emerson, and no one prepares more for a game than Scott. And Eric Martins, who's out there at 1 o'clock with the infielders. And Mike Aldretti, who does a little bit of everything. He works with the outfielders. He's in the cage. Darren Bush came through our system as a lifelong minor league manager and now has gotten here and has done the bullpen job and the bench job and the hitting job and the third base coaching job and these guys who who put in so much work and like you said you really can see the tangible results out on the field I mean look we were not a good defensive team for a lot of this season there's just there's no way to sugarcoat that Um, but you see the impact that Geloff has had since he came up to play second base you see the progress that Jordan Diaz has had at third base I mean this is a guy who 
you know, in the minor leagues at times, we weren't sure there was a defensive position for him in the big leagues. And it starts with a guy like Juan Navarrete in the minor leagues. And then they follow through with it at double A and triple A and work him and work him. And he gets here and Eric Martins gets a hold of him. And he's out there playing third base every day in the big leagues, like something we, we weren't sure was possible. So, yeah, I know these guys, they they don't look for the credit. Uh, they can see it on the field. I think they know, you know, what the results are, but they absolutely deserve a lot of credit because they are putting in more work than anybody else. You know, we see that in all of sports where you have a guy who's got talent, but you don't know what he's going to do with the rest. I mean, we see that in football. We see it in basketball. It's like yeah. this guy can shoot, but he can't play D. <laughs> or this guy, hey, he can – He can. some guys are great run blockers, but they can't pass block, right? So you're trying to figure out how am I going to – how tough is that when you have a player and you go, I know he can hit. Yeah. Just where the heck are we going to play him? Like how do those discussions work? Because there's a lot of positions, but obviously he doesn't have one, and that's a problem. Yeah, I mean that's why like the complete players are so valuable in this game. The guys who can do it on both sides. I mean obviously like the most extreme extreme example is a Mookie Betts, a guy who is a a (laughs) gold glover at multiple positions and is a silver slugger. But you look for that complete player because if you have someone who can hit but there's nowhere to put him in the field – it's hard to play that guy. Similarly, you could have a Gold Glove outfielder, but can't you know can't do it on the offensive end. It's hard to on a 26 or even a 28 man roster to hide that guy. So uh, that's where coaching and player development is so huge to really refine the game before guys get here and make sure they can do those things. You know, a guy like Mookie Betts, it's like enough's enough. All right, I get it. You're a perfect <laughs> bowler. You're one of the best players. I mean, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Right? He's one of the best players of his generation. Now oh, I'll play short. I'll play second. I, it's like enough. Right. Yeah. Enough. And, and we again, get it. His, we get it. I think his name came to mind he's been in the news the last 24 hours with the changes in boston and and all that but um but yeah i mean that is you know there's plenty of other guys in the game obviously you know the the guy acuna in atlanta can kind of do it on both sides too so well i'll tell you what our game is really interesting and i've known you a long time now and you are a harvard guy i think the only time we talk about that is when we're uh, talking about your career as a great (laughs) shortstop but in our game We have a lot of smart people. We have a lot of Ivy League, MIT, Stanford. We got a lot of smart people. And over the years, and Moneyball was a part of this, is where you take old school baseball people who Mm -hmm. are traditionally really good athletes, right? They played at the big league level. They were some of the greatest athletes of their time. And then you got these guys who are super smart, and their strength is how smart they are versus guys. So you have this collection of people to come together and I've been around a lot of these people. You've never been that guy. You've never went around telling everybody you're a Harvard guy. You never, <laughs> but you see how in baseball, the mixture of classic, I'm successful, my identity through life has been, I'm a great athlete versus my identity through my life is, look how smart I am. It's a great achievement. I went to a school and I had great tests. It's interesting how baseball works. You've been in it for years. You've yeah. really seen the change. Yeah, certainly. And, and it does have to be a mixture. I mean, there is... I think because of Moneyball to some extent, there's this sort of idea that it scouts for stats. And that's, I don't think that's a realistic picture of how things work in a front office. I, I don't think there's, there ever has been in our office or anywhere else this real sort of clash or, or this idea that you can do one or the other. Um, and there are a lot of people out there 
um, whose backgrounds are blending both. I mean, you look at GMs, Chris Young, Princeton guy, pitched in the big leagues for 15 years. Sam, Great basketball player. Sammy Fold went to Stanford, also played outfield for 10 years in the big leagues. Like there are these guys who've blended the two, and, and you do have to have a mix to be successful. So for those of us who didn't play in the big leagues or play at a high level, like you gotta, you got to meet everybody where they are and make sure it's a blend, what you're doing. You did get paid to play, though. Someone gave you a paycheck, yeah, and I'm, if you get paid, you're I'm called sure a professional. I'm sure they regret it to this day. So, <laughs> Have you ever seen those YouTube videos of when they talk about fueling the plane as the plane is still in the air? <laughs> yeah. How hectic and crazy that is? Sure. Like You're like, there's nothing but disaster and turbulence. And like, that's what some organizations want to do. And I want to ask you, how tough is that to say, okay, I want you to win. I want you to have a great farm system. Yeah. I want you to keep, keep money to where we want it. There, to, to do it all at the same time, it's fly the plane and fill it at the same time. That's really hard to do. It is. It's really hard. Even even at the highest levels of payroll and salary and things like that. I mean, we've always had to balance it. We've had these cycles of winning, you know, followed by knowing we're going to have to step back and rebuild um, just because of the transactional nature of our roster. But even at the, the highest payroll levels, you know, the Dodgers are obviously the best at it. But outside of that, everybody else has to kind of do you know try and do both at once and it is a balancing act you mentioned bob melvin being back in the park i know you guys had breakfast today <laughs> we did um, yeah. you know you think about how long you've been with the a's how long was he here i mean it's about a third or so of about years. half about a, about yeah half. he was here for almost 12 years this is my 24th year yeah. so thing i mean that's that that's a long time to have a relationship with somebody what was it like now having breakfast with Bob Melvin, the <laughs> manager, because you guys had good times. You clashed at we times. Did. That's just how it works. What was it like now just having breakfast with Bob Melvin, the manager of a different team? It's very different, yes. We had our, uh, we had our clashes. We had our differences, and that's natural when you're in those positions. Um, but, no, since Bob has left, we've stayed in touch. This was the first time. I think other than just sort of passing in spring training that we've actually had a chance to sit down and get together. It was nice to catch Goose's up. Goose's party. That's right. Roos's party came by in spring training. But, yeah, we caught up for an hour this morning. He's, of course, staying over at the Claremont because I don't think he knows there are any other hotels in the Bay Area. Um, so we had breakfast over there and uh, got to hear about his year a little bit. I mean, they've had a challenging season and obviously a lot of expectations coming off where they were at the end of last season, plus, you know, their payroll, things like that. And he's had to deal with a lot of that. You know, I think about where we are with today's baseball. You've got a lot of teams with a lot of question marks. We now have a lot of teams that have question marks beyond us with ballpark stuff. You've got a lot. Can you ever remember a time that you've been in baseball that you've had this many, like, questions, like who's going to be here, who's running this, are they in, are they out, where are they going to play, new stadium? Have you ever, do you remember a time it being like this? I mean, look, it feels very acute because of how much uncertainty there is around us yeah. right now. Um, but you're right. You know, we've seen a couple, you know, head of baseball operations jobs change hands in the last few weeks. You've got the stadium issue in Tampa Bay, similar to what we, we dealt with. Um, and, and the game has evolved to the point where, you know, unfortunately, really only one team is allowed to consider their season a success and everyone else has to figure out what went wrong. I mean, I, I did. I talked to Bob a little bit about this this morning. They went to, you know, the last game of the NLCS last year. Maybe it was game six. I don't remember. Game six, yeah. But they had an incredible year, first time in maybe 30 years that San Diego had been at that point. Um, and the narrative was like, what went wrong? 
they had a great year. So it's, it is tough, and, and there's a lot of uncertainty. And when things don't go exactly perfectly right, and we know how much luck is involved in the postseason, when things don't, you don't get lucky, the question is, okay, what would you do wrong? You know, when you watch certain guys play, beyond the stats, you go, does this guy got skill? And I see that with J.J. Bleday. I see skill. Now, we need him to see him hit more, but I like him defensively. I, I like the way he can run. I like the way he can throw. Obviously, he has power. He's talked to us about changes that he has made, and that's something that you've made changes with Langoliers. You're making changes with Ruiz right now. But to see J.J. Bleday take some hacks today, yeah. good. And, and what are your expectations kind of the rest of the year and then into the offseason? I hope JJ gets back for a couple games here at the end of the season. I mean, we, you know, we sort of we saw that play in Washington. Thought he was done for the year. MRI came up okay, and he's slowly rehabbed. So it'd be nice to get him back out on the field. Um, but what you're talking about is sort of the game of adjustments that everybody's going through. I mean, JJ made a real serious adjustment with where his hands were and, and how he attacked the baseball and got some immediate results, which was nice. Um, but it'd be great to get him back out there and know that he's healthy going in the offseason. Um, and, again, we saw some real ability early early when he got here, made an adjustment, started to hit the ball hard again, um, and it's exciting to think about what he could do with a full season. Is it possible to have a regular plan for Mason Miller? <laughs> I don't think it is, unfortunately. No, I, I don't know what what is ultimately going to be best for him down the road. Um, you know, Paramount is keeping him healthy. Uh, we've, we had talked a lot over the last two years about starting versus relieving, like what, what is best for him. And there's a lot of different opinions inside and outside the organization. You know, do you give him the four days off between starts or do you lower his workload? Like which is better for him? Um, right now, if there's enough wood around here for me to knock there's on. There's plenty of wood. <laughs> That's right. We're in the tree. We're in the tree house. It's all plenty wood. Plenty of wood to knock let's, on. Let's knock on all of it and say that he is uh, he's feeling good. This, you know, this role he's in now opening two to three innings, about 50 pitches at a time, has served him really well. It's gotten him back on a major league mound, which was our goal for the season. Give Brian Schulman, Jeff Collins, the medical staff, a lot of credit for getting him back out there. Um, is this a role you can have over a 162-game season? I'm, I'm not sure, but if there's someone worth doing it for, it's Mason Miller. It's ultimately your call, right? And you're dealing with, I'm sure, doctors and everybody on the medical side, non-baseball. Then you got the baseball side. How do you go about it? I mean, is it is it just in the end a gut call? What do you do? Yeah, I mean, we've we've talked about the science, um, but again, what you want to sort of prioritize is keeping him out there in any role. So, you know, we've got to have a talent like that on the field if you can. It doesn't matter if he's starting, relieving, opening, whatever it is. We'll we'll keep sort of tinkering and toying with this until we find something that fits a little bit later here you're going to see on the mark Kotze show every once in a while because you know in your guys's position you're always asked about somebody else no one's ever asking about you Good. it's sad no no that's it's great sad how it's... is david for <laughs> i asked how mark i, I asked mark Kotze, am i how are you how are you doing good i'm glad How's you asked mark right that's you should ask because everybody's asking doing. every day he's got to hear talk about everybody else but you know he's a human being yeah he's got a lot like how's it how are you doing i'm good i'm good it's just we just won 34 games in the time it took to lose 50 Early in the season, we only won 12 in the time it took to lose 50. That's a huge improvement. So the trend line's going up. I feel good about how we play. We won five out of seven last week for the first time since we won seven straight. And there's a lot of, lot of positive trends on this club. So 
I'm doing well, thanks. And we've been highlighting your minor league managers because they mean a lot. You yep. know, Fran, what he's done in Vegas. Yeah, I saw you talk to Cross a few days ago. Bobby Cross, he's fabulous. Yeah. I, he is going to be a manager <laughs> in the big league. You should see his – He the managers write this game report every night, and Cross's personality just, like, jumps off the page at you. You can tell when he's fired up. You can tell when he's pissed. You, I mean, <laughs> you can see Bobby there in the written word, so it's fun to have him. But what I, what's cool is that he's 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 – it's not that long ago that he played, and you can tell that he was grilled the old-school A's way, but he understands the new wave of the players, so he's kind of got he, – he reminds me of that, that like great teacher in high school who everybody loves, but he's tough on you. Yeah. That's that, what he reminds me of. No, that's a of. good call, and he grew up in a house where his dad was a scout. So he's, you know, he's lived baseball his whole life, and you're right, he came up – at a time when there, there was like, you know, these old school veterans sort of schooling him on how it should be done. But he played long enough, and now he's been coaching in this sort of new environment, and he gets both, and that's, that's critical. That's the kind of thing that will help him, I think, get to a major league staff. Let's end on this because you're going to be in a, in a rumor mill every offseason, right? You have been. I remember for years. Didn't we just say we weren't going to talk about me, Chris? Every, every, for years it was like, <laughs> Billy Bean's guy. You're going to take Billy Bean's guy. I mean, you've been – how many years have you been in the rumor mill? Uh, man, when Theo got the job in Boston in 2003, I was rumored as going as his assistant GM. So let's call it 20 years. Wow. What is that like? <laughs> Uh, it depends on, on what else is going on. Sometimes it's flattering. Yeah. Sometimes it's a little annoying. Um, I guess it's good to be relevant. So I'll take it. I've been a part of, of, of rumors before, and it's 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 <laughs> – it's dicey, right? I mean, for in my in, in in our industry, it's 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 dicey when you're talking about different stations and all this kind of stuff. And I've been a part of that, and you don't like to. But I mean, the, I think the people what they need to understand is like, this is just home for yeah. all of us, right? No yeah. matter what the rumors are, they're like people call up, and I I can be honest, people have called me up and asked me about jobs and what I'd like to leave and da 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 get back into sports talk, and I just go, this is this is home. This is. This is what we like to do. Right. And you're kind of in that. I mean, you've been doing this a long time, your entire adult professional life. That's true. Yeah, I've been I've been in the Bay a long time. My, my wife works here. My kids go to school here. Like, all those things are, have always been factors and will continue to be. Is your pickleball game better than your golf game? Much better. My golf game's terrible. So we got to get you out. You know, we got sponsors. I we got know. free golf. I'm excited for you to, to and get your down staff. Course. Well, yeah, we'll take your we'll, staff. You tell me. We'll I got you guys all set up. But yeah, my golf game's terrible. Uh, pickleball, I'll, I'll, I'll go up against anyone right now. That guy right there. Yeah, all right, Cody. Commander Cody. Got a league starting on Wednesday. <laughs> Let's go. There's courts over at the Claremont. It's my home court. Let's see how we do. Now, <laughs> according to the movie Moneyball, and Brad Pitt, you know, we're not selling jeans, so nope. we're not looking. But I think I'm taking David Forrest <laughs> over you, Cody. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I, I'm a new pickleballer, so <laughs> we're, we're, in, we're in a beginner's uh, league. The excuses have already started. <laughs> uh, great stuff. Enjoy this homestand. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Tony. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story and one of the best 
stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team.